Welcome to episode 29 of Developer Melange, the podcast about developing software in the 21st century directly from Vienna, Austria. Developer Melange brings you regular discussions about everything software development. You can find us online on developermelange.github.io and you can follow us on Twitter via at devmelange, that's dev, M-E-L-A-N-G-E. We are very keen on learning what you think about this show or the podcast itself. So please reach out for us on Twitter or leave your comments on our website. We appreciate all your feedback. If you like to pay our drinks in a future episode, please contact us. Now, here your hosts. My name is David Leitner. I call myself an enthusiastic software engineer who loves building sophisticated software solutions and being part of great teams is both my passion and my profession. My name is Christian Haas. I'm a developer who embraces extreme programming. We are currently now again making a, a, a call between Vienna and London because you, David, are currently in uh, or rather on a conference, the NDC London conference, where you are talking about micro frontends. And I see that you uh, do this talk or the, this, uh, cover this topic now for about a year now, if even if not more. And I'm wondering, first of all, perhaps give a quick intro on micro frontends. How to explain this in simple words? Well, uh, I, I mean, this all started with the movement from, from monolithical um, applications to, to microservice architectures. So we, we shifted um, in, in this perspective. Uh, but what we what we forgot somewhere in the middle of the way um, were our front-end applications. So um, most of our architectures usually end at, at, at beautiful crafted rest endpoints. And the problem is, if if we go into this direction and, and build microservices, but still have a monolithical front-end, we lose most of the advantages we get from microservices on, on this layer, right? So, for example, you are not able to, to independently deploy anymore, just uh, your whole application, right? You can independently deploy services, but this usually has an effect on the front-end. And if you just have front front-end, you always need to replace the whole front-end. That's your back in, in monolithical deployments, right? Or you cannot really scale up the, 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 the performance of the of the software development team. You're just building on one co- code base. So at some point in time you are you're tipping on each other's toes. And these are all the advantages we got from microservices like independent deployments, being technology agnostic, for example, or modeling around business domains, but also um, scaling up development teams, which we at some point in time lost on the front end layer. And so the idea of micro frontends, roughly, right, with, with all the complexity behind this, is um, to split up also the frontend into smaller chunks, so that we can um, get these advantages which we got from microservices also on the frontend world. And it's not, it's not that we say, okay, we, we just build smaller frontends. It's more about the idea that the microservices really are. Uh, end-to-end verticals, where they, you know, if you, if you go to one of your colleagues and say, hey, we're building microservice architectures, but we use one database, he will say to you, okay, that, that's wrong, right? Because microservices are about splitting up your services down to the persistence. That's, that's what he will say. But if you say, yeah, we're building microservices, but we have one Angular application or one React application in front of it, he will say, okay, that's maybe that's fair, right? But actually, it is not, because um, the idea of this Microservice architecture of these vertical architectures was more or less that we start to decouple our applications not based on a technical 
um, aspect anymore. So not based on, on front-end business layer and persistence, but on, on, on verticals and on domain-driven aspects. And so we we strive to, to bring the, the front-end back to this vertical so that the, the front-end is really end-to-end and the front-end provides or the, the service provides some kind of front-end which we then integrate together. And this integration together of, of multiple smaller front-ends provided by, by microservices is then what we tend to call microservices. The problem is usually in, in software engineering, it's this, this whole term microservices is not well-defined. If, if, and, and that's what I, what, I, what I sort of often at conference is that we're talking about the term microservices, but we do not really have a common understanding what this term is about. Well, we had the same situation in microservices a, a few years ago when we read conferences and people always ask, okay, what is not the difference between service-oriented architecture and microservices or how, how big should a microservice be? And, and, and the root cause for this was actually that, that we asked more or less the wrong questions because we didn't really grasp what, what is it all about. And that's the same situation we're currently in microfrontends that we have a lot of ideas, great ideas, total different ideas, and we all have them under the term microfrontend. So nobody really knows what is what is a microfrontend architecture, how, how does it look like. Uh, I'm curious because the first time I heard about microservices, I don't know how many years ago, um, the, the, the example that they brought up was, the, I believe it was about the Amazon page where they discussed, okay, and instead of having one monolithic shop, they dissected it up into different parts, like the shopping cart and the recommendations and what have you. And the, the example that they brought then was also right within the browser window to say, okay, this part is being handled by that team and this part is handled by that team. So it, it sounds like this is an, a comparatively old topic then. So wh 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 sure, why, sure. The, why the resurgence and what is the feedback from the people then now? Well, uh, I think first of all, it's important to mention that that, uh, that Amazon is, is, is striving for, for speed, right? That, that's why they did all this thing, because they said, okay, we want to strive for speed. We want to have independent teams which can deliver independently and trend, right? Um, and, and it's not always the case. And, and I like um, the, the, the definition from, from James Lewis when it comes to microservices most, because he says microservices bias options. And the bias options, as, 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 as we said before, for, for example, independent deployments or for being technology agnostic or for, you know, being autonomous, that each service can start on its own, has its persistence on its own, can run more or less uh, independently and we get resilience out of this. And, and I like this definition because he says it, it buys you options. It, it doesn't say it gives you options for free. It says it buys you options. And, and the money or the, 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 the currency you pay for it is complexity, right? So you pay some kind of complexity because you're then building distributed systems when you start to build, for example, microservices. And the same is true for microfrontends. So if you, if you go into this direction, people were going in this direction years ago, we, we, we built applications ones where we did the same thing with iframes um, and, and it was more or less what people are talking today about microfrontends, right? We didn't have the technology which we would have today, but the idea is, of course, super old. Also, the idea of microservices is super old, right? People builded microservices before the term microservice existed, right? But at some point in time in our industry, people see a pattern and give it a name. And this is powerful because then we start to think together about how, how, can, we, how can we improve those patterns. And I think we're currently in this phase here when it comes to microfrontends. We're currently in this phase where 
people are trying out things, uh, good things, and we are, we gave it this kind of label microphones. And but we we are not sure yet what is really the right way to do it, or, or what are, I wouldn't say the right way. I would say what are the different options we have, and what are the advantages and drawbacks. What 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 is the complexity we buy for each of these approaches? And what are the, the, the advantages we gain from each of them so that we can okay, really so this, make, a, make a good decision when we have a use case and say, hey, we should maybe think about this or that. Okay, so this, this sounds like that there is already interest in, in various people that <clears throat> see beyond, I would say, the horizon and, and say, okay, we, we've, we now feel there is a commonality between, uh, between us and we perhaps need to standardize or at least come to a common ground. Yeah. Who, who is this group? Is, are there any thought leaders? Are there any know, spearhead companies that say, okay, we are progressing and this is now where it should be um, in that regard? It's a, it's, a, it's a very good question. I think the thought leader is, is, is somehow how Twitter is very often these days, right? Um, so, so people are proposing their ideas on Twitter. Um, but there, there were companies which were progressing this, um, especially um, in the early beginnings. Uh, I think the first company at scale which talked about this topic at conferences was was Zalando a, a few years ago, actually already, um, where they where they started to build frameworks which support you in the aggregation of of of, of UI or frontends um, on on the server side. Um, so so they did this. I, I think they they all started this idea that we really should um, start to to make our front and smaller to, to not have this this whole um, front-end back-end thing anymore to say okay we we think as one end-to-end deliverable and it 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 all came I, I think it, it it came naturally because people understood this they said hey it is not good that we 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 split our teams into back-end and front-ends because we always have this kind of bottlenecks and and from this point on where people said okay we should have cross-functional team we have should have end-to-end teams it was clear that we cannot go with this horizontal front end layer anymore because it, it just does not work. So from this perspective, it, it came naturally. Um, who, who coined the term micro front ends? I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I heard about it the first time at the ThoughtWorks Technology Radar um, where they introduced this. And I said, okay, that's actually what we are doing. And I think many people thought like this. There were multiple definitions. People called it micro apps. People called it verticalized front ends. And I think now we, we at least have, have a term in common, which is which is more or less micro front ends. It's, in my opinion, it's a terrible world, word, not a world, a word, um, because it's it's nothing else than um, bringing back the front end to the microservice. So we should maybe call it, I don't know, end-to-end microservices or something like this. And okay. this whole idea is also not new. Uh, one more sentence on this, maybe where this all came from. And, and I have I don't have I don't have a real answer for this. But if you take a look at the really early talks from let's say James Lewis, um, Martin Fowler, or Sam, Sam Newman about microservices, they actually said exactly this they said. And and I, I remember I was a talk I think from Martin Fowler in two thousand, I don't know, fifteen, something like this. Uh, and he said a microservice should provide the front end. He, he said exactly this sentence, more or less, right? And people were fully flipping out on, on the on the stage and said, "How should this go, right? Where do we share the CSS?" All those questions were made, and, and I, I don't remember for sure, but I, I think Martin didn't have good answers to this because they were, of course, very detailed questions. But he said, "No, it, it's still the case, right? Microservices should provide the front end because they are end-to-end verticals." And so, so I think this idea was always there. It, it, it we just don't 
didn't have the experience and we also maybe didn't have the, the technical or frameworks or toolings um, to really support going into this direction. And uh, so what brings you then to the topic? So you've been, like I said, you, you made already a few talks about this topic. So you, you're not a big company in terms of compared to Gasland or something like that. No, but it's true, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so <laughs> how, do I do, how do you come to this topic? Well, um, of course, I mean, I, I work as a consultant now for, for, for many years, or I've worked as a consultant since we, we created our own company last year, but I, I, I was in multiple projects um, um, in, in Germany and Austria, and, and I saw exactly this trend coming, right? It, it was, as I said, it, it came natural that people started to think about this. And... Um, well, I collected my experiences. Uh, we did a lot of prototyping actually in this area for for for, for clients, uh, um, and and we thought, okay, how can we move this this topic forward? And I said, hey, okay, I will talk at a meetup about this. And and I did a, a did a, actually it wasn't just an internal talk at the conference I worked back then, and told them, hey, how I do this and how we think of doing this, and what tools and technologies we use. And and I got a great feedback, and I heard many people from 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 other projects which were. Um, at the same company and telling me, hey, we do this also, I think, and, and maybe this could make also sense in our situation. And then people, um, we shared a lot of ideas and I said, hey, I think this is this idea is, is in general worth to share, um, also with a bigger audience and also to get more feedback about what we are doing here. And, and I'm quite sure that other companies are also doing this because I don't know, in this, in this internal, it was actually just a Zoom call back then. So it, I think it was about 15, 20 years, senior software engineers where we're talking about this topic and and I said, okay, if we, I'm talking here now to 20 engineers, right? And 15 maybe, or let's say 10 to 15 had similar experiences and had similar problems and, and thought, okay, this could be a solution for all the problems we have in common. Uh, I said, how, how, how big would this be if I, if I talk to 100 people and how many different solutions would I get, um, get, get then? And, and then I said, okay, it's, it's, it's time to, to maybe um, shift this to a bigger audience. And that's why I started to talk about it, yeah. Because I actually I was just curious how other people solve these problems. Because to be honest, we didn't have a single clue how to deal with this, right? We said, okay, we want to have this. We want to have end-to-end -end teams and end-to-end -end microservices. But we didn't know how to do it, right? So I, I was thinking and we were thinking. We, we were more or less just, we, we were brainstorming. It's not that we, we did prototypes. And, and we also tried it out in, in, in production projects. But, but we didn't have the answer yet. And, and if you take a look at my early talks, um, you always see that I, I just propose options, but I do not say what is the best one, which one should you should you use. Right? I, anyway, I usually don't do this because as we all know, and, and especially we consultants know that it always depends, right? And that's, that's, that's of course also true in, 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 this, in this field um, of, of software engineering. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's how this whole thing started. And I, I think many more people started um, some kind of a, a same research at the same time. Uh, I, I at least not know 10 people who are, who are frequently talking at conferences about exactly this topic. Yeah. So I'm, I, I'm not the only one, and, and I think that's very good. Mm, sure. And um, so how is the feedback then, let's say, in the conference in London where you're currently? Do, you, do the people approach and, and say, yeah, this is a good idea? Or are people already coming and saying, yeah, we, we solved it like this? Or is even yeah, more yeah, like yeah. something more well, is coming out of it? Um, yeah, I think both both situations. For, for some people, it's totally new. 
because I always, you know, I always want to understand my audience and how how much experience they are in a topic, and then ask, hey, do you know this term? Do you work with it, and, and stuff like this. And, and sometimes it really depends also on the conference. Uh, I'm not sure, but some sometimes you have the feeling, and um, I, I would say a vast majority of people already knows the term, already knows what it is all about, what problem we try to solve with it. Um, but just the you know, a, a small portion of people usually, I don't know, 20 to 30 percent uh, really used it or uses it, right? And and from, from this perspective, I think we're somewhere in the adoption, in the adoption phase. Um, and, and the feedback I get, I mean, I, I'm I'm usually really amazed how many people uh, join my talk. Um, at NEC London, I was I was at the same time when, when Sam Newman was actually talking about... Uh, uh, topic about uh, DevOps and microservices, and I said, okay, I will be there alone, and it's fine because actually I also wanted to see Sam's talk. So I said, okay, um, let, let's stand up there and, and let's let's ask the three people which are coming if we shouldn't um, grab a beer and, and and go over to Sam Newman. But then there were about I don't know 70, 80 people, so so the room was packed, and this really really surprised me. And this shows that that people are interested in the topic, right? And the feedback you usually get back uh, get afterwards is. Um, the people say, okay, this was interesting. We are, we're currently thinking about solving this problem. Of course, it's nice because then I, then I could have helped them uh, maybe in, in solving it faster. But but even better is if people really start to discuss with you and say, hey, hey, cool. I understand uh, all those those points you showed. And, and we did it similar, but a little bit different maybe. Or they say, hey, we did actually the same thing, but we used different uh, libraries or frameworks for this. And this is really this is really valuable for me because I always learn things and I'm I'm going for, for conferences not for speaking I'm going there for learning things right and, and from, from this perspective there's always at least two or three people where, where I really have a lot of discussion afterwards where sometimes even go go for a beer in the evening after the conference to, to keep on discussing about this topic and and I think for me especially this this is this is gold right because I get so much experience just by talking um, to people from other companies which tell me how they did things, or how 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 they approached this this problem of microcontents. And is there? So you're talking about adopters adoption or early adoption, and people pitching in various ideas how they solved it. Do you see some commonality in in terms of technology? Are there some libraries that would help you or go already into the concept of microfrontends, or is microfrontends more a theoretical or more an idea, and you solve it with various? Uh, technologies and what have you. Is it more a pattern or is it m more a technology-centric thing? I think this is a, a fantastic question uh, and I would lo love to answer it, but uh, I'm not I'm not sure if I, if I can do this properly, honestly, because I think there are, there are two different flavors. One of them which is saying, okay, we build micro frontends with, with one technology stack, so we built them, for example, with React, we built them with Angular, but but Angular, for example, unites us. All the microfrontends are using the same technology, so you can easily um, build up on, on, on more framework-specific ideas, right? So you say in, in Angular, you would do it maybe with lazy loaded modules. In React, you would do it with, with some kind of split points. So, so you would use more of the tools which the technology gives you. But it, it's getting very interesting if you think about it a step further, if you say, okay, we don't want to... Um, to be locked in into one framework, right? So um, I think mo most of the business we did or we usually still do is migrating, for example, from AngularJS applications to a newer stack, right? They are, 
there are millions, I wouldn't say millions, but there are thousands of, of AngularJS applications out there which which need to be migrated at some point in time, right? Because there's still not a real migration path to Angular. And it's a ticking time bomb because at some point in time, browser APIs will change. And if you cannot update AngularJS anymore, or if there is not a real update policy anymore, these applications will break, right? So it's the same which we had with, with GVT back then, right? When, when browsers changed, you, you didn't never know if this GVT application is still working. And I think we are going in the same situations with those old frameworks. And there are people saying, hey, we don't want to do this mistake anymore. We want to split, or at least we want to be more flexible if, if things like this will happen again. And, and it will happen again, right? Because nothing is evolving as fast as browser platform. Browser platform is, is moving with, I don't know, 200 miles per hour, and, and it, it's hard to keep track on this. And it's also hard to keep track on this uh, for the for the framework developers and then for the companies who build those frameworks. So from time to time, they need to kill them and say, hey, those frameworks were built up on all ideas. They were built up on all browser standards. And I'm 100% I'm sure, for example, that, that web assemblies, that, that, that web components, so quite new browser standards, Will, will definitely change the way how we are building web applications. And, and based on this assumption, it's also clear that they, will, that they will change the way how frameworks will work. And I'm not 100% sure if all those frameworks we have today will, will be able to make this jump, will be able, okay, we, we now try to, to integrate web assemblies usefully, right? Uh, because sometimes this changes the whole, the whole design of how you build applications if you have new technologies, right? If, if you, for example, think not in the front-end world, but in the back-end world of Docker, Docker changed fully the way how we design software, right? How frameworks are designed. We said, okay, we don't have an application server anymore. We want to have frameworks, their own web service, for example. Back then, this was, this was not a thing. We said, okay, we plug our web application to a big application server, then Docker came and said, okay, each application should have its own web server, right? So, so this changed really how, how those frameworks worked and, and, and the, the frameworks changed. Nobody's using Spring MVC anymore. Everybody is using Spring Boot, even if it's still from Spring. But, but it, it's a total, I wouldn't say it's a total different, but it's, it's a quite different framework, right? And for example, Java Enterprise somehow died by this migration from, from, from um, application services to, you know, Dockerized systems, and the same thing can always happen in the front, and it will always happen. It will happen everywhere, right? And so, at some point in time, those frameworks will not be able to 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 keep up to date and 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 change so much that they that they that they are modern again with, with new uh, web, web 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 standards. And I think this is a, a big problem in the front end world because, as I said, the front the, the, the web the web platform is moving moving so fast. We we get so many new features into web platform, right? People want to build whole applications with the web platform. So Google is mm -hmm. pushing more and more features into the web platform. So it's getting really hard to say, hey, this library which I built is, is still good in three years because maybe in three years I have total different standards. Maybe I have total different APIs, which 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 allow me to solve the, 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 the problem much better. And that's why people say, hey, we don't want to go into this, this big vendor lock anymore. That's why we say, hey, we want to be more technology independent. And this is, I think, the second flavor where people start to use a lot of web components um, to achieve this kind of, of, of micro frontends. Yeah? Okay, so so they, going from one technology or using a technology agnostic um, approach with web components, I think these are the two flavors we currently have. And so in the extreme case then, I'm, I'm trying to expand from, from the from an idea and benefit that I've heard from microservices, which was when when 
dissecting your application at the backend in the various microservices, it could be possible not just to have different teams work on different microservices, but also have different teams work on different or work with different languages, frameworks. So one microservice in Java, the other one in .NET or in C Sharp, and the next one in Go, what have you. So the extreme case would be by this then also to have one web page where one uh, one topic is built with Angular, the next topic with WebAssembly, and the next thing, I don't know, React. So would be the extreme case. Not necessarily viable, because downloading all the frameworks at once from one page yeah. might be crazy. Yeah. It, that's well, the this... core idea then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fully correct, yeah. I, I mean, it, it. making this decision always depends on one fundamental question you need to ask yourself, right? Do you want to go for local optimization or don't you want to go for local optimization? If you say, hey, I want to go for local optimization, then sure, each team should choose the technology they want to use. They, they can go for Go, they can go for F-sharp, they can do whatever they like, right? Uh, but it, of course, it will make the team super, super fast, maybe, because they say, hey, we are best in this. We are, we are, uh, uh, this, 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 this technology is best in class to solve this problem, so we will use it, right? Uh, but this is really just local optimization, and you will have problems, for example, when people shift projects or teams, right, and, and, and work on different microservices. So it, it's 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 hard to then chat, you know, this this kind of, of of common or general code ownership where people work on different services because if one is in Go and one is in F sharp and one is in C sharp and one is in Java, it is really hard for you maybe if you work for the Go team to touch the Java one, right, because you're not familiar with the structure. Each microservice is built up on on a different framework build up on, on different structures. So I think this is the first question you need to ask yourself. Yeah? If this is important, and this is a question of speed, right? For example, as you said earlier, Amazon is, is driving for speed. They say, hey, no, we want that we, we ship as fast as possible, right? This is our, our main goal. So of course, the main goal is local optimization because we want to optimize the teams locally that they say, okay, we, we, we are fast, fast as fuck, right? Um, and this is the same question you need to, to ask yourself here. And I think there are very rare cases where it really makes sense. Also in a microservice architecture, where it really makes sense to say, hey, everybody can use everything. Right? In the microservice architecture, there's, for example, a good idea, or many companies say it, it must be a JVM language. So you can use everything, but it must run on the JVM. So you have some kind of Java, you have some kind of Kotlin, you have some kind of Scala, so you have total different language families. But they, they all have in common that they run on the same GVM, which makes it easier to operate, for example. Right? And in the in the front end world, you could also say, hey, no, we all use, but you could also say, hey, no, we all have a common common contract with which are web components. So you could say, okay, we expose our front ends as web components, and then everybody can start to use them. But then you need to define some kind of limits because as you said, if everybody starts to push the application um, as a web component, which is an Angular application on the hood, and if you I don't know have six or seven micro frontends per page, this will this will this will yeah this will not make anybody happy. Um, so in, if you go into <laughs> the second approach of, of you know not not technology or, or technology agnostic uh, micro frontends, you usually don't use frameworks like Angular, or React, or Futures because they're just too big. Usually go with, with with something smaller. You would go with with some kind of of, of, of micro frameworks, which are you, you know just a really tiny layer um, above above um, um, plain JavaScript. Mm -hmm. Or which are, I wouldn't say a tiny layer. They are more you know compile frameworks. So so they are lost after compilation. So they have mm -hmm. near, nearly zero head after you compile or transpile 
um, for example, your 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 TypeScript application to 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 plain old JavaScript. What do you think? So I'm now posing a, a crazy idea, which probably isn't unique and has already been thought about. Think about WebAssembly. Would 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 you see there might be a, a, a scenario where we, we would have within the browser running something like a window manager yeah. based on WebAssembly within which you then have all the various small, let's say, applications which represent your user interface? Yeah. I mean, WebAssembly will will change the game. I, I think nobody knows so far how they will change it. But of course, this is a this is a fully valid scenario which you're here 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 drawing, right? And say, okay, we and and people are doing this. I mean, Microsoft is is more or less building a .NET interpreter in 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 WebAssembly. So they build more or less the .NET engine in WebAssembly. So what the browser then does, it takes the WebAssembly and it's the browser's .NET framework you can think of, right? So you can more or less write C-sharp applications for the browser because they are interpreted at runtime by WebAssembly, which is more or less your .NET runtime. So the idea is exactly like this, and that's why I say I think it will change the game um, again because once WebAssemblies have full DOM access, we, are, we, don't have, we don't have to go with JavaScript anymore, right? Or we don't, because now it's the only the only choice we have, right? JavaScript is the is the language of the web. But if we really say, hey, we can build web assemblies and we can compile every language to web assembly, and the web assembly itself can manipulate the DOM, I think this will 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 change extremely how we build web applications. And uh, then Dem Abramov, who is one of the of the of the core team members of React, for example, said on Twitter a while ago when they asked um, when they asked him, hey. Don't you want to write, rewrite React in TypeScript? It would make it much easier to use because you know we have all these typings then out of the box. And he said, no, he will keep it in JavaScript, or they will keep it in JavaScript. Um, that the, the only thing would would maybe makes him rewrite React is is, is for example Rust and, and going into WebAssemblers with it, right? So I think this is a, a real big topic, and, and nobody knows where this is moving to. But all you said is, is fully correct. Yeah, you could do all these things then with WebAssemblies. That's why why it's not a web platform anymore. It's more like an application platform. Then I would say. Yeah. Okay, so all all it needs then is one of the big companies or medium companies, whatever, come up with the next framework like Bootstrap or what have you, which then everyone jumps on, and all of a sudden you have a trend then. Sure, this is how it's working, right? This is also one <laughs> of the criticism in in the JavaScript world also. That people say it's it's only those big companies anymore which can create the bus, right? Which can really create this bus where people say, "Hey, this is a cool framework." If I or if if you go on GitHub and, and create a project, yeah, maybe maybe if it's really 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 good, yeah, and if you are at the right moment at the right time, and if you're some kind of lucky, maybe, and if some 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 influential guy on Twitter, for example, retweets it, right? It, it can happen that that. that um, that that you will create a framework which people then will also use, and there are good examples for this. For example, Futures is more or less a, a one one man show. Sweltener is also more or less, I would say, a one man show. Uh, but this is very rare, and it, it, it's is as you said, yeah. Those big companies are actually driving the web. They, they drive the development of the web, and especially Google is doing this. They, they drive how the web evolves, and uh, of course the the interest is to push a lot of new features into the web platform because, I mean, Google is a big player on the web, right? And now they have, you know, more or less the, they're, they're 
just two browsers left now, right? There's a Safari and Chrome, and, and for sure they are now in a very good position to put more and more and more and more and more features into the web platform. It, it's getting harder and harder for everyone to keep track uh, to, uh, to keep up on track with this, right? And that's one of the problems we have here that we usually had a, a big um, big market of different um, web providers or browser providers where we said, okay, um, the, 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 the market is regulating itself because we have so many browsers and the browsers were very slow usually in implementing these features. Now we just have two, right? We have Apple and, and, and Google and it's getting faster and faster and faster because you know Google makes a proposal to implement it and it, it's done, right? Safari sometimes then doesn't implement it, but people say, okay, it's it's not done here. So so we do some kind of tweaking that it works on both sets, but it, it's getting faster and faster the the, the, the smaller amount of, of, of important browsers you have in, in the web. Yeah. Okay, so finally, where would you what would be from your opinion the next step that brings microfrontends forward? Uh, I don't know. I think um, there doesn't need to be a next step. It's anyway, you know. I think people will 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 start to use them in in many situations as people started to use microservices, right? Because, well, if if you if you get problems with some kind of architecture you have, you need to find solutions. And I think microfrontends are in many cases a valuable solution, right? Not in all cases, sure not, right? In, in, doesn't make sense in, in many cases, even if you're small applications. But it, it, it real enterprise um, applications, it, it, it in many situations makes really sense to go into this direction. Yeah? So I think from this perspective, there doesn't need to be much push in this. People will anyway see, okay, we maybe need to change this, or this could be a good idea. And, and that's 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 good. Yeah, I think we shouldn't be religious about those concepts. We should just use them if they make sense, right? That's the whole thing, yeah. And okay, I, I think, for example, in the in the microservice world, we are there now, right? People understand how big should those microservices be in their environment. Should it build super small ones? Should it maybe build bigger ones, right? Of course, they are then always too small and too big if you work with them because it's you know the grass is always greener on the other side. But I think we have a very good feeling. Or, or do we need microservices at all? Or do you know do we just build three? kind of service-oriented um, applications and then they communicate with, with REST or HR or do we really build, I don't know, event-sourced microservices where, where where we have total different communication patterns. And I think that's the same thing, right? Microservice architecture is not a microservice architecture. But there's, there's you know, that there are synchronous microservice architectures where you talk to each other with REST or there's event-driven architectures or message-driven architectures. There's, there's so much gray between Non and and and, and non microservice architectures and microservice architectures. This is not a one uh, one or a zero uh, zero or one decision, right? And I think that the same situation we will we will find um, with with microfrontends. And then I think this is this is just a matter of time until this will happen that we really have a good understanding based on experiences, right? All right. So, David, thank you for the over, overview of current state of micro frontends. As, as for uh, current and future happenings in Vienna, Vienna-centric events, uh, yep. one thing I can already make a small advertisement, the Go meetup is happening again. So they started again last year in, I believe, September 2019. And they had now a small winter break. And in March, I believe, it's the next 
go meet up in Vienna again and continuing on the onwards then in April and so forth. Who is organizing it? Do you know it? Robert Axelsen. Where is the, it? Where? It's, um, yeah. He's at Epcont. Ah, at Epcont. Okay. So it's it's, it's at, 20th district, right? Uh, yeah, in, in Millennium Tower. Well, uh, from my side, maybe a shout out to the, the organizers of Agentcom. I've been there last week. It is an, it's really an amazing conference. I mean, I like all of them, but the Agentcom is, is, is a class on its own, I would say. Um, because it's fantastic. You have two days of conferences, right? Mainly JavaScript and, and React, I would say, um, but also other topics. But but they're really geil, yeah, to say it in German. <laughs> um, the really great part is at those two days of skiing, right? And and this makes the conference so valuable because it's not because I love skiing, yeah, that, that, that's clear, but also because you really have time to, to talk in detail about all those things which you hear over the last two days. And the people you know know each other already. The, the Austrian JavaScript community is not that big. I mean, it's big, but it's not that big. So they're kind of always the same people. And then you can discuss about uh, about topics um, um, for for another two days. And that's really a fantastic format. I would wish that we have more conferences like this. Um, and I think they're organizing it again next year. Um, even if they say that it's quite uh, yeah it, it, it's quite stressful for them to organize it but i think they will do it again next year so i can really recommend this one and from vienna i saw that there is uh agile tool vienna um now again um i, I got an email today um that is oh, okay. to sell tickets so um this is the thing again and there are a lot of other agile um, conferences now in vienna i i do not remember names i will just add them to the show notes um but they're um, the, 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 the agile topic is, is, is really hot, it seems, right now. So there are, I think, three or four conferences which, which focus on, on agile methodologies. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there maybe will be a, 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 a conference back in Vienna um, this year, I heard, at, at, at AgentConf. Um, so maybe we'll have something again, you know, as we don't have real developers anymore. And if mm-hmm. we don't, as we don't have Foxes anymore, we don't really have them and. I would say backend focus conference. We have a lot of conferences about frontend. We have half stack. We have web clerks, but we do not have the classical, you know, software engineer conference anymore, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe there's also something um, going on, and maybe we can we can already give more information. Hopefully, in the in the next podcast episode, as as far as I understood when I was talking to those people. Well, great then. So finally, David, now you, you've been our, our guest today, so to speak. Do you have yeah. any uh, anything to advertise? So it's your minute now? It's my minute now. I, I, yeah. no, follow me on Twitter maybe. Yeah? No, just <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> In, invite David to your conference. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm put down for 2020. Really, I, I, I need to I need to reduce this um, conference things a little bit. Uh, you know, otherwise I, I will just fly from conference to conference and I cannot do actual work anymore. <laughs> and this is not blaming now advocates, also talking with conference for sure actual work and it is, also feels like actual work for me, but it's, it's not my main business. So, thank you, David. Hey, you're welcome. See you in about uh, four weeks this time when we will again team up over another cup of delicious developer melange. See you, Georgia.